Welcome again, friends, to the Catholic Blood Podcast. Today, we're going to have a meditation day, so a shorter end of the podcast side. We're going to be looking at a work from St. Gregory the Great on his homily on the Gospels. And I'm really excited to share this with you guys. I have written a far more eloquent article that's like only a page long, so it's not long at all. So if you'd like to see a far more eloquent version of what I'm going to be kind of reflecting on on this homily, please click the link that is going to be the podcast section in the description or excuse me not the description but the the notes for this particular episode or if you're listening to youtube i'll also post a link there as well so with that let's get on to this beautiful work from saint gregory from a homily on the gospels by saint gregory the great pope i am the good shepherd i know my own by which i mean i love them and my own know me. In plain words, those who love me are willing to follow me, for anyone who does not love the truth has not yet come to know it. My dear brethren, you have heard the test we pastors have to undergo. Turn now to consider how these words of our Lord imply a test for yourselves also. Ask yourselves whether you belong to his flock, whether you know him, whether the light of his truth shines in your minds. I assure you that it is not by faith that you will come to know him, but by love, not by mere conviction, but by action. John the Evangelist is my authority for this statement. He tells us that anyone who claims to know God without keeping his commandments is a liar. Consequently, the Lord immediately adds, As the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. Clearly, he means that laying down his life for his sheep gives evidence of his knowledge of the Father and the Father's knowledge of him. In other words, by the love with which he dies for his sheep, he shows how greatly he loves his Father. Again, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. They follow me, and I give them eternal life. Shortly before this, he had declared, If anyone enters the sheepfold through me, he shall be saved. He shall go freely in and out, and shall find good pasture. He will enter into a life of faith. From faith, he will go out to vision from belief to contemplation, and will graze in the good pastures of everlasting life. So our Lord's sheep will finally reach the grazing ground where all who follow him in simplicity of heart will feed on the green pastures of eternity. These pastures are the spiritual joys of heaven. There the elect look upon the face of God with unclouded vision and feast at the banquet of life forevermore.
beloved brothers, let us set out for these pastures, where we shall keep joyful festival with so many of our fellow citizens. May the thought of their happiness urge us on. Let us stir up our hearts, rekindle our faith, and long eagerly for what heaven has in store for us. To love thus is to be already on our way. No matter what obstacles we encounter, we must not allow them to turn us aside from the joy of that heavenly feast. Anyone who is determined to reach his destination is not deterred by the roughness of the road that leads to it. Nor must we allow the charms of success to seduce us. Or we shall be like a foolish traveler who is so distracted by the pleasant meadows through which he is passing that he forgets where he is going. St. Gregory the Great says that we will come to know God not by faith but by love. Which is super interesting. Um, kind of controversial in my mind at least a little bit. But I think it's just very well said. And it just, it makes a lot of sense, especially considering that God is love. So if God is love, then it makes sense that that would be the foundation for which we have a relationship with him. With him. Also, makes me kind of grateful because if love is the primary basis for our relationship with God, then we can be a little less anxious because if faith was a foundation of our relationship with Christ, well then if you're unfaithful, yikes, that is scary, dangerous, could possibly put your relationship in jeopardy. And of course, you know, there is sin and there are things that we can do to kill our relationship with God in which then we need his mercy and his love and the grace of reconciliation to bring us back again once to spiritual life. Yes, but... If love is the foundation of our relationship with Christ, ah, it's beautiful because then we don't have to worry about the frailty of our human will and how imperfect it is so very often. Then we can rely on love to cover the multitude of sins that we have in this life. And it makes so much sense that a Lord who could see everything about our lives, see everything that we do wrong, all the big mess-ups we have, all the small mess-ups we have, would still choose to create us and will us even continually now in this very moment into existence. Now, the other kind of portion of that is when listening to St. Gregory talk about this, it brought to my mind the tension of just like this um, I don't know I would say controversy with this um, dynamic within the life that we have in the spiritual life where we have to come to the realization that we're not angels with wills alone and that we cannot love God in the same way that an angel loves God we cannot just will him for the good of him by itself we have to realize that we're human and that we have with that so many human qualities that are wrapped up in the divine love and need to be brought into that relationship because when you love somebody 
Yeah. It's not just willing the good for the other, for the sake of the other. This needs to be the crown of the person, the agape love, that loving somebody for the sake of the other and for the good of the other. That needs to be the crown with which guides everything. But there are other loves that need to get wrapped up into the agape love and brought to God. You know, Christ, when he speaks through the psalmists and he speaks through scripture often and frequently, refers to himself as the bridegroom, seeking us, seeking his bride. And he doesn't just use you know, acts of, yeah, will and assent, and I will say that you are God and you are my God. No, he. there's so much poetry within the Bible of him talking to us through scripture, saying how he seeks us. Uh, oh, hark my lover from Ecclesiastes. These are not dispassionate words devoid of emotion, but this is that divine agape love getting into our human love and and sanctifying it. I, sanctifying is probably not the best word. I would be I would say elevate, elevating it. That all those human qualities we have are not something to be dispensed of when pursuing Christ, but they are something that get elevated and brought to God and raised to a higher and more perfect and more beautiful love. So that's 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 something that is really worth reflecting on. Or just like, what are what are the human things in my life? My very human qualities. Let me bring those to God so that I can let him mingle his divine love in all of my humanity. So that when I approach God, there's nothing that I have to discard or keep at the, the side or try to keep something from him. But I can bring my entire person to God so that I can be fulfilled in Christ. And that that... Christ, when I meet him, can love me for all that I am. And he, in return, gets to elevate all that you are. Which is beautiful, because you look at the saints, and what are they? But they're people that are fully and utterly alive. And that isn't because, you know, the saints are perfect. There's actually so much, if you start reading into the lot of the saints, that you just think is very unsaintly. Uh, just like struggling with like depression and suicide. There's a, this is actually something that St. Teresa um, they they wiped from her, her diary and that eventually became the story of a soul. Is that there was tremendous struggles and you know, there was a lot of messiness to her life that they just didn't think was befitting of a saint. But she brought that into relationship with God and she allowed God to allow his love to work through all the brokenness. So sorry, that's a, that's a little bit different, but that's also important that like we are human beings and unfortunately due to the fall of Adam and Eve, we have with us a brokenness. So we have to bring also our brokenness to God in our relationship. So it's not just all the humanity and human things that we have and how we can love God that way and bringing that, but also bringing the sides of us that are kind of you know, the things we want to keep secret because if uh, others might find out they might not like us or they might not love us, we can bring that into a relationship with God and allow him to elevate what is good and heal what is wounded and broken. The other point that I really want to focus on, 
And there's so much here. Uh, I mean, just reading this the like five times I had to for the podcast because I did not do well the first four times. The element of joy is something that I want to just stop and reflect on as well. No matter what obstacles we encounter, we must not allow them to turn us aside from the joy of that heavenly feast. Joy is a very important part of the Christian life, and it is the devil's pleasure to rob us of peace and joy. There are going to be many hardships we face, and there are probably very many hardships we have already faced. But that joy with which God gives us is something that is precious and worth guarding. That the looking forward on to what is to come before us, or what is to come to us after this life, is supposed to inspire joy so that we can be lights shining in the darkness here on earth. So, guard your light. Guard your joy. The devil will definitely come after it, and will definitely seek to take it from you. But if defeat him with the joy and love that comes from Christ. Thank you, guys. I'll pray for you. Please, pray for me. Thank you.